So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. It's Mary Wagstaff. Welcome to those of you who are brand new to the show. And for those of you who've been listening forever, I think you're amazing. I'm so excited to have you here. I always recommend if you're new to go back and start from the beginning. (laughs) I know that might seem daunting. There's content from right now, but the first few episodes really give the framework of, you know, the witness consciousness and becoming more curious and staying in compassion. And we can always have a reminder of this. So if you've been listening for a while, I hope that you're starting to look at your relationship to alcohol from more compassion, being on your own side. Like this isn't you against you, that that's the opposite, right? And that's the framework that we've kind of been taught is we have to criticize ourselves and to change. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work with children. It doesn't work in politics. It doesn't work in anything. Um, it's just an outdated model. So we're here to change the game and to just be more compassionate people in the world so that we can see our conditioned responses. So we can see the reason that we behave the way that we do is not because we're trying to be jerks, but because in some way it has protected us, right? And I really want you guys to think about this concept of why you're here. Just like if this truth resonates with you, 
part of you knows alcohol is a dead end, right? It's just like no new surprises. But, and this is radical, I believe that you are here and you've been attracted to my work, this work that is very different than any other work, any other people that are teaching quitting alcohol in the industry is really A, through feminine embodiment, which is your emotions are powerful and we all have them. And that's what I believe feminine embodiment is first and foremost, is bringing the the feminine principle into how we're making decisions as an awareness, because the only reason we decide to do anything is because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. Now, the outcome might not always be the same, but we only make actions based on emotions, based on the emotions we think we're going to have and based on the trying to get rid of the emotions that we do have. But I believe that there is another part of you that believes that it's not you that needs to change to be better suited for alcohol, but that alcohol is no longer suited for the life you want to live, that it's no longer serving you. And this is where I believe, you know, the models of, you know, like a 12 step program, which I do not criticize in any way, but where I believe that they get it wrong in some way, which is that I need to change because I can't drink normally. But what I see alcohol as, no matter how little or how much you drink, is it is still emotional avoidance. It's still altering the state of how you are naturally. And the only way that a quote unquote normal drinker will know, you know, if they have an attachment to it is saying no. So if you're never saying no to alcohol, you're not going to feel that resistance, right? Now, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong or bad or good. If you feel like you're fine with the results that you have in your life and the, the you know, kind of the circum- the consequences of alcohol are okay for you, then like go for it, right? This is about your life, your results. No one's telling you what to do. There's not going to be a test at the end. It is about you tapping into your innate wisdom and understanding this isn't serving me right? But it's not me that needs to change so that I can serve the presence of alcohol in my life. Like we're becoming a servant to a beverage. No, we're going to become empowered so that you can find emotional relief on your own. There's this um, part in the big book in chapter three, more about alcoholism. And I just want to kind of preface this by saying, I do believe there is a spectrum of dependency. I believe that the way we respond to dopamine in the brain is very different depending on trauma, depending on inner resiliency, coping skills, um, adversity in so many things. But I do believe that this statement alone really isn't true. (laughs) Just like straight up isn't true for most people. Most of us have been unwilling to admit we're real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the great greatest of insanity or death. So that concept alone is one of the reasons I feel like 
that's been kind of like the only option, right? In, in, in quote unquote recovery or in, you know, changing your relationship to alcohol is that I have to say that I can't drink normally, but I want to challenge that this idea of control and enjoy his drinking, um, like a normal drinker, I want to really call BS on that because I don't believe that, like, what is the standard for that? And when is it okay to avoid your emotions? And when is it not okay, right? Like you get to decide on that. So this has been the framework that, you know, we've kind that not only, you know, has a 12-step program and, you know, AA has saved so many people's lives. I know people that are in, in it. But what it does from the perspective that I'm really going for here, which is we develop a better relationship with ourselves, right? The reason that you're drinking in the first place is because of your own unmet desires and needs, because you're not on your own side, right? You're not showing up to meet your emotions. You're putting everyone else first, everything else first. And this is just based on your thoughts that it needs to be that way because you haven't tried it differently. So there's a scarcity and lack mindset that if I, if I take care of myself first and make myself a number one priority and meet my emotions and understand my emotions and meet my desires, then everything else will suffer. But I really want to offer you that it's the opposite, that it's the both and that you can meet your needs first, and then everything else wins because you've found relief from some of your own stress. You've learned how to manage your mind and your emotions from your own inner resilience. You've built your inner resilience and your inner landscape, and you've tapped into not what we're surrendering to a source outside of ourselves, but that that is found within, right? That that connection to the higher self, to divinity, to source, to the, the, um, the awareness and the intelligence that we have access to from the day that we're born, this innate intelligence is turning the gaze inward, kind of shutting down all of the shoulds that were just created by other human brains and really saying, what do I believe? What do I know? Right. And so that really is the reason that you're drinking is because you're not meeting your emotions and it is the solution. Right. We don't just like, you can just not drink less all you want, but that's not going to change the way that you're showing up for yourself. So the process of committing to taking new change through something like coaching is saying to yourself, I'm, I'm a commit, I'm committing to making myself a priority, to investigating, to learning more about myself so that I can manage my mind so that I can take and understand my emotions and my cycles and rhythms, right? So that, that I don't have to become a normal drinker because actually what happens when I do this work of self-inquiry, alcohol just doesn't, falls away. It's not even in alignment. This idea of, disembodiment on any level is not how I want to show up, that you have got it. You've got the skills, right? And then sometimes like you don't, and then you show up to meet yourself from that place of deep compassion, right? I wanted to read, um, just this, like this one little line email from a client of mine. It was so sweet just to kind of show you the impact, um, she was responding to one of my newsletters, which if you're not on my email list, if you go onto my webpage, marywagstaffcoach.com, there'll be a pop-up to take you to the masterclass. And you can just, that once you're in the 
sign up for that, you'll be on the email list. Um, and I send great content just like this podcast. Um, but she just responded. I love this. Thank you. My family thanks you too. They just don't know it. This work by my client, putting herself first and taking this initiative and like what she's saying is thank you to herself. (laughs) Really? Like She had to show up to do the work, but it's having a ripple effect on the way that she's showing up for her family, on the presence that she's able to give them because she's not wasting so much time deciding whether or not to drink, right? It's off the table right now. And maybe not forever. We never make that decision because every moment we're making a decision, but eventually it becomes irrelevant where the choice isn't there because you don't, you no longer have the desire. And I know that's a place that's really hard for you to imagine right now that someday you wouldn't have the desire for alcohol. Doesn't mean the thought you won't have like fleeting thoughts once in a while, but the desire for that, for like what you really in your bones, like feel and know, and you're like, oh, that's just not it. Gotta go inward. Got to look at the brain, got to feel my emotions, got to be on my own side and say, hey, it's okay. This is challenging and being really honest with yourself. I mean, my clients come to me and they tell me all their fleeting thoughts about alcohol, the stuff that you can't ever, that you don't ever talk to anyone about. And getting that out is such a relief. Ending that isolation is such a relief. So to my client, she knows who she is. I just want to say thank you. And you're amazing. And I'm so glad you're here. And I'm so grateful to be taking this journey with you. And really, you know, what this does when you're taking kind of just saying like alcohol's off the table, I'm committed to these, this unconditional result of knowing myself, of knowing my why, doesn't mean you don't end up having a drink once and then all bets are off. No, it's like, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my damnedest to show up for this work with all of my integrity. And there's going to be days where I don't feel like it. There's going to be a time maybe when I do drink, but I'm still committed. I'm committed to moving through the discomfort. I'm committed to being a little bit inconvenienced in whatever way. I'm committed to all of this because I do believe in the result because I'm here to tell you that you can eliminate your desire for alcohol contrary to the socialized conditioned belief, right? My clients are doing this. I mean, you have heard my the client testimonials. I mean, they are eliminating their desires to drink. And again, it doesn't mean the thoughts go away overnight, but it means you identify the thoughts and you know that the promise of the relief that that thought might be offering you just isn't true. And then the 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 sensation of the pressure of the urge, like that release valve that has to come up, that is gone. That goes away very early. And you just have to stick with the discernment between your higher self. What does my higher self choose? How could I be better? If Am I being on my own side right now? Or am I giving myself a pass, right? And so much of why people aren't successful, not just in their relationship to alcohol, but so many other things in their life is because of open-ended results. You're just leaving the results open to the wind. It's like, yeah, maybe that will happen. We just want to kind of be in the flow. We're just going to see how it goes. Play it by ear. No, that is not how you show up to get results in your life, especially when it comes to alcohol, especially when your thoughts about drinking are creating such a powerful sensation right now in your body. But the relief from that comes very quickly. That will come within the first 40 days. I promise. 
and you stick to it, right? The real, that daily relief comes very quickly. Open-ended is how you're giving your power away. And you have to be willing to fail, right? You have to be willing to fail or else you're just failing ahead of time. You're not even giving yourself a chance. So open-ended means adaptable to the developing needs of a situation, permitted, permitting or designed to permit spontaneous and unguided responses. And I just think this is so perfect and kind of funny when you think about alcohol, right? Because it's like, yeah, I'm just going to see how this goes. Like maybe I just end up at happy hour. I'm just going to leave like that one little bottle of wine just like over there and pretend like it's not there. So just like if like, you know, there's this spontaneous situation, right? The developing need, right? My brain and I go into some emotion that I wasn't um, planning for, well, now I can adapt because I haven't fully committed, right? And this isn't like you say, I'm never drinking again, and then you walk away. No, no, no. You're like, oh, okay. I, I'm, alcohol's off the table. Like it's a beverage. I'm not going to die. We know that. But I know I have to get curious now. And I know I have to go in and feel the urge. What does this feel like in my body, right? Versus like, there's the urge. There's the the thought of like, oh, it's just one. It's just tonight. You've been so good. All the things. No, I've said alcohol's off the table and I'm going to do every single thing I can, not ignore it, right? And you know, I know at the beginning, sometimes it's, it's, it's a both and, especially in the beginning where it's like, let's look at all the thoughts. Let's do all the work, the thought work and the emotional embodiment. But you also might need to distract yourself a little bit, right? Like I remember walking my neighborhood and like listening to podcasts, right? In the evenings when I would normally be drinking. So like give yourself permission to make it work however you need to, because every day that you get through not obeying that urge and that habit that pathway stop will, you know, weaken in your brain, right? So then you're taking a new pathway, but you can't just keep distracting yourself from the emotional part of it, from the actual physical sensations. You have to really sit with it. And the way I describe this the best, and I've probably said this on the show, maybe even just recently, but it's such a great metaphor is when you breathe into a physical sensation, right? Like say you're in labor (laughs) or you are in a yoga class or you're working out or you're a runner, or even when you've been really frustrated with your kids and you just like something comes over you and you automatically just stop and you naturally take a big breath. (sighs) Okay. I'm just going to calm. I'm not going to yell, even though I want to, my fists are clenched, my jaws clenched, or you're in a yoga pose and you're like in a forward fold and you're just, you know, you're, you're breathing into it because you make space, right? So this is exactly the same thing that you do with an urge for alcohol or any emotional response. You have to stop and make space for it. It is no different. Your body is responding the same way as though you're in a physically demanding situation, 
right? When you're in labor, they don't tell you, hold your breath. There's like a whole thing. I mean, I don't even know if they do Lamas anymore, but they should, but it's like you learn these breathing techniques because it helps you make space. It helps you tap into your central nervous system, which moves energy, which gives us access to getting out of our brain into our body. And then when we make that space in the body, and I've talked about this on the last couple episodes, now we have higher states of thinking where we're not reacting to a fight or flight situation. So this is what you're doing with your relationship to alcohol. Like it's half unintentional that you kind of keep the results open-ended, but this is where you have to be super honest with yourself. Like, you know where you're doing it, right? Just, and so get rid of the booze. Like just start there. Don't make it easy for yourself and don't go to happy out. Like I, I coach my clients to be able to be in any social setting, any social setting to have so much fun. I just went to a raging Halloween party last night. Um, it was like a big like production festival and I, it's like so cool to see how these the, the, the like community and like the ecstatic dance community, like there was a bar there, but there was also like tea tasting and cacao and kombucha and like these chill spots. And I didn't get much sleep, but I woke up and I was like, I'm such a rock star. You know, like I had a work today and I only had a few hours of sleep. I was so proud of myself for going out. I haven't been out in two years going out. We got dressed up and got a babysitter And it was just awesome. And I felt amazing when I woke up. I even did my kundalini practice. Anyway, I digress. Um, This is what you'll be able to do. We had so much fun. You know, I had a rally a little bit because I usually go to bed at like 10. But, um, But at the beginning, create some safety for yourself, right? Just like do this work. You've been, you've been outward so much your entire life. What I should do, who needs me, this, that. It's not like nothing's an emergency. Nothing's going to fall away because you're spending some time doing some breath work at night or like writing down your thinking about alcohol where you're, you know, it's going to be okay. So mitigate some of that take alcohol off the table and, you know, really look at the other places in your life where you have concrete results, right? Where if you don't show up, then you're going to pay the price, right? Like, but we think that that's because we have to, but we don't have to do anything. So you think about paying your bills, paying your taxes, feeding your children, going to work, right? Like coming home at night when you have a partner, right? Like you think these are all things you have to do, but you're choosing them, but you're getting the concrete result because you've made a commitment. You made a commitment to your children the day they were born. You've made a commitment to your job when you started it or your clients or, you know, your partner when you got married, You've made a commitment to show up for a lot of things except for yourself, but this is no different. And look at the things that you show up for and the results you get, right? Like you show up for work, you make that commitment, you get paid. And this is no different. You have to have concrete or unconditional commitment to this process and to yourself to generate 
certainty in your results. And I just wrote an email about this recently and it's like, what is certainty, right? We, this has been like the word of like the last two years is, you know, um, in these unprecedented times in these uncertain times, it's like, I'm, that's an illusion, right? Like the only thing that's certain is what you choose to do are the decisions that you make. We are not entitled to anything just because we're born. There is this culture that's been created in the society of like standards created by some other people, a lot of it outdated. I, I truly believe, but you get to decide from here on out. So if you want open-ended results, then you don't make decisions and you don't create and you create a conditional commitment to the thing. If you want certain results, certainty in your result, then you make an unconditional commitment to yourself. I'm going to change my relationship to alcohol. I don't know what that's going to look like. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird, but I do know that when I find relief naturally, that builds on itself. I build resilience. I mean, it's proven we build a muscle for anything. This is how a habit's formed. It gets easier to do that. So a lot of times it's kind of like this one day at a time thing. And yes, that's true. Like just get through this moment of, of emotional embodiment and like this one urge. But you you also have to think about the long-term commitment. Like I'm not just going to show up for this one urge. I'm going to show up for the next 100 urges. Can you imagine if you allowed 100 urges? Are you that committed to this result? Think about how you committed you've been to alcohol, right? You've given it so much time, so much energy, so much money. Now you know it's no longer in alignment with who you are and with who you want to be. So you have to put in the work to get it out of your way. But it's so enjoyable. It's so powerful. There's nothing that will feel more empowering to you than changing your relationship with alcohol from the inside out because you can, you create the certainty, not because other people aren't supporting you, not because you have a social engagement, not because of anything, but because you decide. And that is your choice today. So if you want certain results for next year, then I would suggest committing unconditionally to this journey for yourself today by first being really honest with yourself and understanding how you're making decisions. Am I making decisions by just leaving things open-ended or am I committing to them and I'm going to move through whatever it takes to feel them? We're starting the last week of 2022 or 2021 for next year. So if that's you and you want to be on lock for really just understanding and having a better relationship with yourself and putting yourself first and getting to know yourself and making your results guaranteed and the life you want guaranteed. I opened up some space um, on my calendar to do a couple more consultations before the end of November. So I'll leave the link, get in there, let's do this. I believe in you, the space has been created. I'm holding the space for you to build the belief in yourself, right? That's what this is about. 
So you show up excited, committed, willing to fail, and I hold the space and create the safety nets for you to do it. And then you generate the evidence. So you leave walking out of here like, there ain't nothing I can't do. I think you're amazing. I hope you have an amazing week. If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.